You are listening to Inclusion Evolution, a bi-weekly podcast that brings you insightful and engaging conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal profession, the technology space, the world of sports, and our everyday. Here are your hosts, Lisa Mueller and Michael Kasdan. Welcome back to Inclusion Evolution. I'm Lisa Mueller. And I'm Mike Kasdan. Well, Mike, we're back with another episode, and today we're going to talk about a really timely topic. And this is the effort that's going on in a lot of states. I think we're up to 20 of them, particularly in the GOP states, to target diversity and equity efforts in higher education, particularly our universities and colleges. Yeah, super important topic. And I know you and I were talking about trying to do an episode on this um, because, you know, it's in the news a lot. But I think also maybe a lot of people aren't aware of the extent of it and how much is going on. And just, you know, our, our education and our universities, you know, it, it's it's long been a battleground for these these types of political issues. Um, and, you know, you always hear about, you know, there's so much in the news about college campuses and what's going on and speakers being brought in and protesting and kind of these very polarizing views. Um, and it's just it's just super important. So I, I think it's I'm excited to talk about it and at least share some information about the problem. I'm not quite clear on the solution yet. Yeah, I'm not sure what the solution is either. And I think it's a really important topic because I think, you know, people are going to be surprised how many states we're talking about. And, you know, I think on a more fundamental level, when we look at this, you know, DI is woven into the fabric of so many of our universities. And yeah. we're going to walk through some of this legislation and in a couple states where it's been passed in a law. And this is really going to have a devastating impact on students, faculty and staff. And you know, the, some of the attempts in some of this legislation that we're seeing, you know, it's going to really undermine what some colleges and universities are doing to try and create a welcome kind of campus environment, recruit and retain their faculty, students and staff um, that represent the communities that these colleges and universities are based in. Yep. And ways to evaluate and address gaps in student success, as well as increase um, attainment and post-graduation success. And then I think most fundamentally, combat bias and discrimination on campuses throughout the country. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it on on the episode where we talked about affirmative action, but just how, like, wrongheadedly backwards this sounds. Like, when you hear folks like Ron DeSantis talk about DEI, and people criticizing, you know, quote unquote, you know, wokeness uh, and saying that that's, you know, doing the opposite <laughs> of what it's doing. It just it just makes your head spin a little bit because, you know, all, all of this is about making colleges and universities. And, you know, we talk a lot about workplaces, but, you know, colleges and universities, you know, more diverse and equitable and inclusive. And if we're really going to deliver on the promise of higher education in this country, um, you know, that's that's really critical. And And, you know, I know when we did the uh, episode eight about the Supreme Court, um, you know, will the Supreme Court end affirmative action? You know, we talked about one of the schools involved in one of those cases, um, UNC, which didn't admit its first, you know, black students until 1951. And so, you know, we're talking about, you know, a history where we have centuries of, you know, racist and exclusionary policies um, and intentional harm being done. And then we have 
you know, so many great efforts today to, you know, try and make campuses, you know, more inclusive and to like integrate these issues. And then these are policies that are just, you know, running direct counterattack. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it was really telling, you know, you and I were looking at some statistics that came out of the Hope Center for College Community and Justice at Temple University. And, you know, they were looking at states like Texas, where one of these laws is currently pending, and then Florida, where legislation just was passed this week. And it's really students of color who face these unjust structural barriers that lead to inequitable experiences in colleges. And according to their basic uh, student basic needs survey, 70% or more of black and indigenous students experience basic needs insecurity compared to 54% of white students. And that includes things as basic as lack of access to adequate housing, food, healthcare, childcare, internet connectivity. So I don't even know how these kids are even, you know, participating in their classes because so much of their work is turned in online now, transportation and then, you know, mental health services. And they're seeing similar statistics for LGBTQ plus students. So, you know, the efforts by some of these states to, um, you know, not address some of these inequities is really going to, you know, prevent some of these colleges to try from addressing some of the systemic inequities that we've seen over, you know, centuries, actually. Yeah. And like you sit here and look at those results and, you know, the conclusion is, well, how can colleges and universities properly support and educate these students if they're being handicapped and not being allowed to create programs um, that acknowledge these realities and address them? And, you know, I don't think I'm like a naive person, but it still surprises me every time that there is... And I think we have to acknowledge it and just sort of come face to face with it. Um, But there is like a a group, there are groups of people who are, have specific strategies to target exactly that. And it seems like, well, why would, how could it even be? Um, But, but it's happening uh, like literally across the country. It really is happening across the country. And, you know, this might be a good point to go ahead and take a deeper dive at where, college diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are really under attack. And, you know, there's this really great website for anybody who's listening. It's called the Chronicle of Higher Education, and it actually has a DEI legislation tracker. And they're tracking states that would prohibit colleges from doing, you know, any one of four things. And that's having diversity, equity, and inclusion offices or staff, banning mandatory diversity training, prohibiting institutions from using diversity statements in hiring and promotion or prohibiting colleges from using race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in admissions or employment. And so right now, believe it or not, um, Mike, I know you know this, um, the Chronicle of Higher Education is tracking 34 bills that have been introduced in 20 states. And I'm just going to run through those 20 states real quickly. They are Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Montana, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. Yeah, and I mean, it is, you know, looking at the list of those those four things, um, and and I know that I was saying, like, it's hard to believe that there's this 
you know, like dark cabal that's like putting forth this agenda. But there literally is like all four of those issues were identified in model state legislation proposed by the Goldwater and Manhattan Institute. Yes. So there are, there, so this is a serious effort, right? This is model legislation with a lot of money behind it that's being propagated through the states. And and I know it reminds me of, you know, during the Trump administration, um, there were some rules that came down. I forget whether it was an executive order or how it exactly came down, but, you know, targeting, you know, diversity and basically saying like, you know, if you have diversity training, uh, you know, you're not going to get federal, federal money. Funds. And I remember, yeah, and I yeah. remember um, like the impact, the chilling impact of that or beyond chilling. I remember like like approaching people when I was doing DEI training and workshops to the Goodman Project and them saying like, we would love to have you in to talk about allyship or uh, inclusion, but we just can't right now. We can't because we can't risk you know, not getting money from the government. And so this is going to have that kind of impact, um, you know, in these states and at the university level where it's a, it's the place where we need this stuff almost the most, right? When we're in education, sort of building future leaders. Exactly. Um, to be banned from this is really, really... Um, it's yeah, really it's disturbing. Like, and the trend, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit more later is that we're even seeing some state legislators um, kind of threaten universities as well, that they'll, you know, cut back on their funding if they uh, continue to pursue certain uh, DEI programs. So it's even more widespread than just the ones that are being tracked in terms of, you know, trying to pass legislation. I think other states are feeling emboldened as well to try and uh, cut back and curb these activities as well. Yeah. And so I think of of the the bills that you mentioned, as of this week, um, when we're recording the podcast, as of like May, mid May, um, three of those bills have have been signed into law. Um, so two in Florida, um, one in North Dakota. Um, so far, eleven have been tabled or failed to pass or been vetoed. Um, those are in Arkansas, and Kansas, uh, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Montana, Utah, and West Virginia. Um, so you know, mixed bag so far, but there are some states. Um, that are signing this into law. Yeah, absolutely. And what worries me is in those 11 where they were tabled, failed to pass or vetoed, you know, nothing's to say, you know, that they won't be reintroduced at a different time. Um, or even that, you know, like we, I mentioned before, what we're seeing in Wisconsin with state legislators, um, you know, threatening to pull funding um, that may happen in some of these states where these laws failed to pass or were tabled. And, you know, I thought it might be interesting to start with the law in North Dakota because it was very interesting. And it was signed on April 24th by the governor, who is a Republican, and it was Senate Bill 2247. And it's not going to go into effect until August the 1st. And there in North Dakota, it prohibits diversity statements and mandatory DI training, and it prevents institutions from asking students about their ideological or political viewpoints, uh, as well as prospective employees or those that are being considered for promotion or tenure. So it's going to essentially end the use of diversity statements um, in hiring there in North Dakota. Yeah. Wow. And I know in, in Tennessee, uh, Senate Bill 102 was approved by both the House and Senate there and sent to the governor uh, earlier this month. And that bill ends uh, mandatory implicit bias training uh -huh. for all educators, all educators, not only at the college level. Um, so, 
you know, legislating that you cannot be trained or educated on implicit bias. I mean, if I if it didn't make me like <laughs> scared and want to cry, like it's just ridiculous, right? Um, and that's you know, something Florida, we all. Yeah, oh, I was going to say that's something we all suffer from is implicit or unconscious bias. We've talked about it on this podcast, and you know, we all need training on it to you know to recognize our implicit and unconscious bias, and you know that's you know, I think pretty significant in terms of what's going on there in Tennessee. Yeah, and absolutely. And I know in Florida, um, also this month, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who's, you know, been very highly visible and, you know, he's been really an avatar for kind of railing against, you know, wokeness, he says, and, you know, and immigration and fighting with Disney. Oh, and, my God, know, his fight with stuff, Disney is right? another thing. Um, yeah. But but he signed into law two bills. Um, and, uh, you know, in this vein, Senate Bill 266 um, bans diversity statements. Um, it overhauls general education course requirements and it prohibits colleges. Um, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier uh, that was happening um, at the federal level under Trump. But it prohibits colleges from spending state and federal dollars on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and then House Bill 931 um, is the other bill that he signed into law um, just, just very recently. Um, and that requires universities uh, to host public policy debates and bans um, state colleges and universities from requiring students and staff to complete, quote, what we refer to as political loyalty tests as a condition of admission or employment. And what, what these political loyalty tests um, are talking about with how they're defined are, um, are compelling, requiring, or soliciting a person to identify commitment to or make a statement of personal belief in support of things um, such as a specific partisan political or ideological set of beliefs. So you see how this is oh. being couched um, in kind of this First Amendment-y kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, but but how it really turns everything on its head. It really, really does. And, you know, there was some interesting aspects there. The legislators pointed to a questionnaire at Florida Atlantic University that asked potential students, how can you play an active role in addressing and dismantling systemic racism? And what the legislators there in Florida didn't like about it was that it was saying that you had to believe in systemic racism. And this is the whole point that in Florida, they think that's a form of indoctrination. And so it, it's just very, very frustrating. Yeah. So it's li so it's literally saying we can't teach our history. Exactly. And that, and that asking someone, um, you know, how can you play an active role in addressing systemic racism, um, this uh, a factual thing that exists and has existed, um, is a quote unquote political loyalty test that is banned by law. So it sounds it's just sounds nuts. It's yeah. And then I think Mike, you watched uh, Governor DeSantis in his press conference, didn't you? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, I did, too. And uh, it was uh, he made some pretty strong statements about DI in the state of Florida. And I wanted to quote them because I to me, they were uh, pretty unbelievable. So, you know, they're kind of a long quote, but let me go through them. So what he said was, when I see diversity, I think like, you know, of different viewpoints and having a robust academic discussion in the university. Isn't that what they're there for? 
In reality, what this concept of DEI has been is an attempt to impose orthodoxy on the university and not even necessarily in the classroom, but through the administrative apparatus of the university itself. And that manifests itself in a number of different ways. But this has basically been used as a veneer to impose an ideological agenda. And that is wrong. And in fact, if you look at the way this has actually been implemented across the country, DEI is better viewed as standing for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination, and has no place in our public institutions. And so what this bill says is that the whole experiment with DEI is coming to an end in the state of Florida. We are eliminating the DEI programs. We are going to treat people as individuals. We're not going to treat people as members of groups. And it's also wrong how this has been implemented. It has been discriminatory. Yeah, so it's like, if it makes me, Ron DeSantis, feel bad or feel uncomfortable, I'm going to label it um, discrimination and exclusion and indoctrination. indoctrination and it, yeah, it's a super disturbing quote. And I know in that same press conference, he also talked about how um, I think there's actually like coursework at universities that will not be able to be offered in Florida, uh, as I understand it, including, I imagine, things like African-American studies or like women's studies, because I think he just sees those as um, as imposing orthodoxy, even offering these courses, which to me, it's kind of like, isn't university this place we're supposed to have, you know, a marketplace of ideas and learn about this stuff. And so I remember, you know, he said like, you know, at university, we should be teaching stuff like, you know, math and physics and not all this other stuff. And, you know, that part actually scares me because I think that has a broader appeal. I think this quote that you read is, you know, sounds to me like super fascism. But I, but I've heard other adults, um, you know, a generation above mine who look at universities and how bloated they are and say things like, "Well, in my day, like you know, we had math and history and physics, and we didn't teach things like women's studies. Like we should get rid of that." You know, so I think that's going to have some appeal um, to a certain p- people, um, and that scares me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. He he made the point, I think it was, he he said, if you want to study, get a degree in gender study, go to Berkeley. And he basically yeah. even made a quip to the effect that those types of degrees, whether they're African-American studies, gender studies, he made the point, those have no value. How are you going to get a job? And we want our students to come out educated with degrees that are going to allow them to get jobs. And so it, he really had some very inflammatory, and as you said, you know, <laughs> his statement that I read was, it seemed very, very fascist. So um, it's yeah. it's extremely disturbing. And, you know, I, I mentioned and alluded to a couple of times, you know, we're seeing this in, in other states, you know, for example, earlier this month, the University of Wisconsin announced that it's no longer going to require diversity, equity, and inclusion statements from job applicants after the Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss uh, threatened to cut state funding from Wisconsin's public universities. And he, very similar to Ron DeSantis, criticized the DEI program at the university as an attempt to indoctrinate students with taxpayer dollars. Yeah, and I mean, to me, it's 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 almost unbelievable that it's happening. But but like, boy, is it happening? And so we better believe it. 
and 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 try and do something about it and and you know and i think trying to start this conversation here is one of one of the starting points to us trying to do something about it even though i think we're both like what's to be done but i mean it's it's just interesting to me that when you know when the supreme court reversed roe uh roe v wade on abortion and it it kind of became a state right i remember i remember sitting with parents who were thinking about where to send their kids to college and you know they had gotten into like miami and indiana and, exactly. and like other schools and they were like well we don't want to send them to florida because you know god forbid something happens in florida like she can't get an abortion exactly and i think this just like takes that and explodes it into like if you it's literally like if you want to you know study gender studies you might not be able to go to school in florida you might have to go to berkeley and and i think that's a terrible thing um you know obviously yeah i mean can you imagine being someone who's either african american or lgbtq and you're forced to take you know history classes in college and you're listening about american history but you know, you're not going to be taught anything about, you know, um, you know, critical race theory or LGBTQ studies. I mean, it's got to be extremely difficult for those students to sit there and have to listen to that and know that there's not equal representation for their history. Yeah. And absolutely. Like, you know, it also makes me think about, again, Florida. But I was I was watching uh, the, the former Miami Heat great uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, uh, he moved speaking. his family out. Yeah, and exactly. Like, you know, his his daughter is, is trans, um, yes. you know, very publicly. They've been tremendous in terms of talking about that issue. But, you know, he is, <laughs> um, he is, an, you know, a, a part of the fabric of, of Florida and people love him in Florida. And he basically went on the news and said, um, I can't live here. Um, I don't feel like we belong here. Um, we're not supported because of what, what was happening in terms of the laws on, on the trans issue. And to me, this is taking that and multiplying it, you know, many, many fold and spreading it throughout the country. Um, and it creates a really, uh, you know, situation that I think is a really uh, one of crisis. Yeah. And I think the big question is what to do and what can be done. And I, I wish I had a really good answer. I'm, I'm not sure there is one right now. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's start to time, time, time to come, come to grips with what's happening and make sure people understand that this is happening in in their local state legislatures and and start to organize politically and and hopefully we can continue to shine a light on the podcast and have some people on talking about it uh, going forward. So, I think that that's it for this week's episode. Um, thank you, Lisa. It was great to talk with you and uh, Lisa. I will thank you, Lisa. And I will catch you next time on Inclusion Evolution. Thank you for listening to Inclusion Evolution. The views expressed during this podcast are solely those of the hosts and not of their respective law firms. Share your thoughts with us by emailing us at llmuller at casimerjones.com or mkasden at wigan.com.